Hi everyone, uh, welcome to another episode of my podcast. Uh, we have a very special guest today all the way from Thailand. Uh, we have Jay uh, from Define Decay. <laughs> Hi Jay. Hi, how are you doing? Nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Uh, how are you guys doing with the, with the COVID and everything? What's happening in Thailand? Um, we're doing all right, but... I guess it's just really boring because like all of our tours this year got canceled, mm. which like this year, as you probably saw previously, we had like a lot of dates line up and a lot of festivals. Like uh, we had a Europe tour at Born of Osiris and Volumes and, you know, everything mm. got canceled. Like I think we totally got like about 50 shows in total that got canceled, which like 50 shows for us is probably like the same amount of shows we kind of played, like, you know, yeah in the past three years and they're all big so kind of sucks regarding COVID in thailand uh, things are kind of settling down now the government actually just lifted uh the curfew uh this previous monday that just came so before it was a curfew like you know you can't leave your house from you know 10 p.m until uh 3 a.m in the morning kind of thing right. i'm trying to prevent getting I think I lost uh, Jay. Hello? Uh, sorry. Uh, can yeah. you hear me? Yes, I think we got disconnected. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah, so you were saying what's happening with the COVID in Thailand? I was saying things are kind of starting to get back to normal now, in my opinion, because like the government uh, just lifted their curfew uh, this Monday that just passed. And... Uh, because if before we can't leave the house from like 10 p.m. until 3 a.m., but they just canceled that, and uh, the shopping malls are starting to resume back as normal. So uh, I think I would say it's almost back to normal, ex- with the exception of like uh, they still like don't have international flights coming in and out, and you can have shows now, but it has to be seated, you know, and with like distance kind of thing. Right. Yeah, actually, I followed you guys. You you posted some quarantine uh, while in quarantine. You posted some videos, right? <laughs> some. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you were you were working on the new album, right? You you're recording few songs already. Yeah, we are. Like, uh, but at the moment, what we want to do is like after this COVID is over, we'd like to have a new album ready. But like. Uh, We've been trying to work on it, you know, because, like, we're pretty much doing nothing except for mm. just staying home, you know. That's all, really. So uh, we're trying to make the best of the time, you know, while the yeah. tour is canceled. Make some new music. And uh, it's coming all right, I guess, yeah. Yeah. 
So, so the first time I saw you was uh, actually this year in Manila when you opened for Silverstein, right? So, uh, was that your first time in Manila, or you came before? I think we played there in uh, 2007. It was a local show hosted by a guy called Jared. Uh, he, was, I think it was a company, his company called Breakdown Music or something, or Breakdown Events. Right. And uh, we played two dates. One was at a uh, I don't remember the bar name now, but it was in some sort of bar. And the second day we played at this car wash called Reeve Amp. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very far yeah, from know. Manila. Yes, I know that. Oh, place. yeah, we played that. And that was pretty cool. Yeah, there was a lot of people and stuff. So, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, but I, I remember the Silverstein show because uh, that's where I met. I was able to talk to you as well, the band. And yeah. it was a really great show. Thank you very much. Glad <laughs> you enjoyed it. Yes. So, uh, so Jay, how do you, what is your uh, earliest uh, memories of music, and what did you listen when you were younger? What what uh, artist got you into rock and metal? I guess yeah, I was into rock and metal when I was like you know younger. I like you know bands like Linkin Park and stuff like that. The earliest memory of music for me would possibly be uh, when I was like uh, I think around uh, five or six. I don't remember clearly. I had to sang for the Queen of Thailand's birthday with my parents, you know, and okay. then uh, I just really enjoy performing, you know, from then and like, you know, after that moment, you know, I just like, you know, like performing in front of a crowd. I just think it's something I would like to do, you know, then I started developing, you know, uh, my interest in music when I started, you know, at, I think around six, I started playing the, the not egg. It's like a Thai classical instrument, you know, Thai xylophone. Mm. Then I like singing as well, but like, obviously I was younger, so, you know, I wasn't that good and I couldn't scream or anything like that, you know, because I was really young. I was like eight years old or something. So I wanted to play the guitar, you know, and then I started from there, you know, really. Then I formed a band kind of thing when in 2011, this band was formed, you know, and like, yeah, it just went on from there. And I started, you know, playing guitar for the band at first and I had another vocalist screaming and... Then I became like, you know, the vocalist instead, you know, because he left. And uh, then, you know, it's just, it just developed from there, really. Mm. So which, what bands uh, you were listening to when, like you were covering when you started your earlier band? Um, it was like always like, you know, Slipknot, uh, Linkin Park was a big one and Deftones. And uh, a lot of like the new metal era genre band, you know, before right. I went emo you know i was really into those then after that it would probably you know after you know because during the new metal era i listened to a lot of you know linkin park and deftones the most and yeah and what else yeah maybe breaking benjamin then it started getting into the emo phase you know <laughs> so uh, with, uh, like my chemical romance story of the year and, and stuff like that right so yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I I hear those influences when I listen to your album, actually, right? Because it's a big influence to you, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess in a way. I mean, for the second record, it definitely was, you know. But for yeah. the upcoming new stuff, maybe it's not so much. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So did you look? Did you uh, were there any Thai bands that you were interested in back then? Not really at all, actually, because like uh, when I was young, I, I studied in an international school and like right. uh, I just like uh, I just wasn't so much, and you know, in my school, you know, when I was younger, 
you know, nobody really listened to any Thai bands or Thai music, you know, so I never was really like, you know, that, you know, like known of it or didn't really was interested because I feel like most of the bands, you know, what they were trying to do back then was just sound like corn oh, and biscuit okay. like in the park, <laughs> you know, or just trying to copy kind of thing. Uh, so I just feel like, why would I listen to those stuff if like, you know, I can kind of like, you know, like listen to the original one, <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, they were still good. You know, there's a lot of good Thai bands, you know, now I feel, you know, nowadays, but you know, back then when I was just younger, I didn't really know much, you know, and right. yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the earlier bands that band you started, so when, when did it happen that when he, when is when it became defying uh, decay? Actually, the first band I actually ever started was this band, Define oh, the K. Okay. I didn't ever change the name, but uh, the originally the band started off as a is we were called like Defying All the Decay. Now the reason for that was because like you know at that time we started in 2011 and like it was a trend to have bands like Bring Me the Horizon, Devils Wear Prada, A Day to Remember, as in like you know have four letters, right? Like right. E M T H kind of thing. ADTR, you know, so we were like, we want to be that. So defying all, all the decay would be like D A T D, you know. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> then we thought it was kind of stupid, and that name probably lasted only like three months, you know. It was like, what the fuck? So we changed it to like defying the decay, you know. And um, then it was good, but then like I think it was when we recorded our uh, second album, Metamorphosis. Uh, we worked with a music video director. His name was Stuart Birchill. And he worked with, you know, bands like Bring Me the Horizon and Architect. And he recommended to us that, like, we should change our band name to just Defying Decay because it flows a tongue better and DD is cooler. And we also thought that, you know, if we were Defying the Decay, it would be DTD. And that's, like, I think a drink till death for the these nuts band all the Australian bands because right. we were having our Instagram name you know ending with DTD and then like you know it was the same as you know like Sam Carter and people like that so yeah yeah, yeah. that's why we changed it to Define Decay right uh, so uh, what's your latest lineup of Define Decay I know that you actually have a keyboardist also now a female keyboardist yes 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 her name's Jenny yeah so who is the lineup current lineup the current lineup right now is, uh, okay, I have me and I have uh, two guitarists. One, his name is Pon Uchin and Song, Shidipat. Those are my two guitarists. And I have playing uh, on bass. And then I have uh, Bun Bun on like a sampling and turntable, you know. Okay. And I have yeah, a keyboard and synthesis, uh, Jenny. That's the female keyboard you're talking about. And uh, regarding drums, like, uh, it's actually Mark Mironov, but, like, uh, he isn't able to play every gig with us because he lives all the way in Russia, you know? So yeah. usually for, like, you know, any tour dates that, like, it's only one date, you know, he wouldn't fly over, you know? He would usually fly over if the tour is at least, like, you know, uh, seven dates, something like that, you know? So, yeah. So we yeah. use session drummers, you know, if we have smaller gigs, you know, here and there, which could it's very yeah so yeah. uh you you toured the so which countries in southeast asia you played so far have you covered like most of the countries in southeast asia 
Surprisingly, actually, not that much. Let me try and think. So I've played in Singapore before twice, well, just something like that. And I played in China, I think mm. quite a few days in China. I think I've covered like 13 cities in China and also Hong Kong. And uh, what else? Where did we play? Philippines and uh, Taiwan. Yeah, we played in Taiwan before. And we played in Japan before. And uh, I think that's about it in Asia, you know, region. Mm. Uh, haven't played in, uh, you know, Indonesia yet and stuff, stuff like that. Do you guys still play? You, you play local gigs as well? Not that much. It's like, uh, to be frank, like, we're not that really known in the local scene because, like, uh, to be able to, you know, play a lot of local gigs, you kind of, like, you know, have to play a lot of local gigs first and get your name out there. Then you will right. get invited. But as a band for me, you know, when I saw this band, I always, you know, wanted to focus on the international market because, like, one of the reasons I'm doing what I'm doing right now, aside from obviously I'm enjoying the music and stuff, but as a kid, you know, I see my dad, you know, you know, travel around the world for meetings and stuff. And sometimes he would take me if, you know, he, you know, if he can or I'm not in school. Mm. And I always wanted to grow up, you know, working on stuff where it has to do with, you know, traveling, you know, or something around the world. And uh, and I wanted to be like, you know, maybe like uh, Thailand's, you know, first band to kind of be able to tour around the world to an international audience, you know. Because there's also a lot of Thai bands who, like, you know, like, uh, it's really big and they tour international, but they would tour in university internationally and there would be Thai students coming to watch, you know. Mm. But, yeah, that's why I don't, I'm not really, like, that big in the local scene, to be frank. We do get offer, you know, sometimes, yeah, for sure, but it's not that much, and especially the COVID. I think the last gig I played in Thailand was probably last year, to be honest, a year ago in, uh, back in August or September. August, yeah, last August. Right. So yeah. I saw some of the your live videos that you guys played a lot of lot of places in Europe, right? Um, not that much, but we did like do like one UK tour, which we have a lot of like uh videos for because it was a big tour. It was with Motionless and White, and most mm. of the shows were sold out, and it was like you know two thousand to four thousand people. So yeah, we try and make videos for those one. Right. So you opened for Silverstein, Motion in White. Uh, what are the other bands you open for or you played with? Okay, um, we've toured with Motionless and White and toured with, uh, you know, stuff like that. We've played with Ocean State Alaska before, Crossfade and While She Sleeps. And uh, what else did we play with? Um, we played in Hardtown Festival and that was with Issues and, you know, Crystal Lake and other stuff like that. And we toured, um, we did an America tour actually last year in uh, June, July, August with, uh, Betraying the Martyrs, uh, with Indestruction, Anthios, and Sentinels. And uh, what other bands did we open for? I guess that's about it. If I can think of... Yeah, we also... Sorry, we also toured with Off Mice and Men. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Right. So yeah. so you mentioned that you the, the tour that the, got cancelled, you were supposed to play with Volumes, right? Yeah, Volumes, Born of Osiris, and uh, what was the other band? Uh, Ocean of Alaska again. Yeah. Have you listened to the new single of Volumes, Pixelate? Yeah, I've heard it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Jay, one thing that I really admire with, with Define Decay is, is this music videos you guys put out. Because it's, 
it's like super quality videos and very attractive and uh, once i you know watch one video i want to watch another one another one another one because it's so so good quality how how i mean what's the story behind of you i mean putting all these videos because it seems like you have you have to spend a lot of money to put these videos right it it takes like a lot of effort and uh is that part of your strategy going international i mean i wouldn't it maybe was in the beginning yes i did kind of think that oh if your quality of work you know is good people would be interested you know and if the stuff i'm putting out you appreciating it and seeing it thank you very much you know uh is good then is it should be you know people should like be interested but then like i realized that it's 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 not really like that you know like cuz like you can kind of write the best song in the world and have the best music video production and everything but at the end of the day it's all about you know marketing and promoting your own band but like i still make these kind of videos because i love making videos for me cuz as a kid aside from music i was like i was interested in also like acting you know but you know i was younger and i got offered to play uh a movie before and you know when I was younger and a musical you know before but my parents usually uh turned down the offer because they were like oh Jay is still young he's only like 5 6 and he wouldn't focus in school if you know he get all these opportunities right. so you know when i would grow older i took the music path you know i'd still you know in my passion to make you know like to get revenge you know so like ah now i get to make you know all the cool videos <laughs> and stuff like that you know and like uh Yeah and like I've just been working really closely with this one director in the past his name is Stuart Birchall we had like a working relationship going originally I just contact reached him out when I was studying in London and I wanted a video in uh for for just one song you know which is ghost you know and like and after that you know we talked and he was also interested in filming some short films in Thailand and then I helped him out a bit so you know we built a working relationship on there so yeah that's how we were able to put out a lot of videos as well probably because you know now like one of my good friends is you know him so yeah 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 i noticed because most of the videos were di- directed by stuart right yeah. yes most of them so uh i want to talk about your album this mm-hmm. one cool metamorphosis yeah i was able to get you guys to sign it this one last time so um i, I remember mean, I, Yeah when I was listening to this I it's it's it sounds like multiple layers like if you take just like one song there's so many layers of music and you know different I don't know it, it sounds like very layered there's a lot of thing compressed into one song Yes I, mean, I think I mean you put a lot of uh uh your programming and because you're not just a vocalist right you you do a lot of uh, programming and all this stuff yeah. so can you tell me a little bit about this uh, the process of uh, creating this album songs okay no problem this was actually the first of before this album you might have known we have another album called all we know is failing you know and that album i made when i was 14 years old you know until i was like and finished it when i was 16 17 then put it mm. out and Obviously it was self produced and everything because I was trying but I sent it off to Mix Master somewhere else to make it sound better. With this album <laughs> I wanted to be different from the first album as in I grew up a bit more you know and I kind of know that okay to make a record you usually layer a lot of guitars on there and stuff and I worked with Matt Hyde you know which was really awesome and he taught me a lot of things you know 
then he showed me a lot of stuff that actually in a metal song, what makes it interesting is like, you know, all the vocal layer of harmony, you know, because you know how most like, you know, metal band wouldn't really do that. It would just be screaming and a bit of singing, but not like the whole thing. And also uh, with regarding synths and programming, yeah, it's like, because like, you know, like, once you tear a song apart, you know, if you have the stems, you would realize all, like, you know, all of my favorite songs, at least, you know, all the Linkin Park and stuff, it sounds like there's just guitar, drum, you know, and bass guitar and maybe a hook line keyboard. But actually within there, there's actually a lot of stuff that makes it interesting that you probably mm. won't even realize until you listen to it, like, you know, for the hundred times maybe, then it will come up, you know? So I wanted to try and, you know, make it different and wanted to grow up, you know what I mean? As a musician and evolve, you know, I don't want to do things I did like on the first record. So I tried experimenting and programming stuff. And even though it might not sound like, you know, cool at first, but it might be cool later on in the mix. So when we have it down kind of thing as a background or atmosphere. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you, I, w I was quite curious about this, uh, artwork and the logo that you guys use like like the insect or the grasshopper thing so yeah. why why that uh, grasshopper or insect <laughs> actually this logo came to mind when i wanted to yeah. make this, this logo right yeah um it's actually not like uh, any insect we kind of made it up if you look at it carefully the front of it is a mantis a grasshopper right right but the back of it is actually from a bee you know and ah. the are actually from butterfly and the legs are from an ant. So this actually, but when you put it together in a shadow, it looks cool, you know, and people always argue all the time, you know, like, you know, in a, like, you know, fan, you know, always ask like, Oh, so what the fuck is it? Is it an ant? Oh, is it like, you know, <laughs> you know, actually, but yeah, it's actually comprised of all these four like insects. The idea originally was that like, you know, I, I wanted something simple, you know, or that you can graffiti on that could be 2d or one layer, you know, it doesn't have to have right. too much as a van and you know has that kind of culture of like being able to graffiti it around you know with a stencil like the new metal era you know with all those kind of band and uh i think this animal would represent us because like our music i don't even know what genre we play you know okay sure if you're looking deep we might be metalcore but then it's not really metalcore is it you know kind of thing you know yeah. and this is the same thing with our logo it's like a metamorphosis you know so you know you grow out of the what it was supposed to be kind of thing yeah, and then I noticed that you this album you uh, was mastered by Ted Jensen, right? Who yes. who's like who mastered like Eagles, Green Day. Yes. Uh, how how is that working with him? Pretty cool. It was pretty fast, to be honest. I wasn't expecting <laughs> the album. We worked this album. We the guy who produced it is actually Matt Hyde. You know, he did a uh, Bullet for My Valentine and mm -hmm. you know the first two album, and uh, he did like Funeral for a Friend and. Slipknot, All Hope Is Gone, he makes that album. So it was mixed. It, we produced it and recorded together with him. There's a few songs we sent it off to mix by someone else, you know, like Chris Lodelgy. And yeah, it was mastered by Ted Jensen, the whole album in the end. And yeah, we, I flew to New York with uh, Matt Hyde because it was an attendance session. And we had, we print on the mix to like, you know, half inch tape. I can show you, but it's in the other room maybe later. But yeah, you know, and, uh, and we had him master it from the tape. And yeah, it sounds really awesome. And it was pretty fast, you know, working with Ted, like, usually, you know, with mastering, I would be like, oh, change this, change that. But when I walk into the room with Ted, it feels like he just know what to do exactly with our music. And everything was done in two pass and the whole album was mastered under like six hours. Mm. So, yeah. Nice. So, um, I, I, 
few i think like a week ago you you guys put out a live album right on on the digital platforms yes can you tell me a little bit about that live album okay sure um for me like uh originally i i wasn't planning to put this out but obviously when we toured the uk with motionless and white we recorded all the shows professionally because like we had the multi-track recorder now then we can mix it and release them later and I just thought the world was going really quiet, you know, and people were probably just missing out on live music a lot. And, uh, you know, and to us to be able to release this, you know, people could probably listen to our music live and, you know, it might be something. Because personally for me, I always enjoy live music anyways, you know, even like, you know, like one of my favorite albums, I guess, would be Lincoln Park Live in Texas kind of thing. Because mm. you know, there's just so much energy in a live performance. And I personally feel like our music sounds better live anyways, you know? Like, it just, there's just more energy and it just sounds more heavy and more, I don't know, like, there's more like, because on the record, you know, everything's perfect, you know, and like, you know, cleaned up and like, you know, sounds like a record should sound. But on record, but on like a live performance, there's all these imperfections and stuff, which, you know, makes it, you know, unique and like, own special piece of character you know right guarding the title the reason it's called uh lhrtg 911 was i mean like people ask me why would you name an album like that because lhr is london heathrow airport and tg 911 is a thai airways like you know or it's a flight number that flies to <laughs> lhr airport well the reason for me is because i studied actually when i was younger i studied abroad in london in a boarding school right. my parents would send me there and I always took that flight, you know, because I always flew Thai. And I, it was always TG911 that flew me into London Heathrow, you know, airport. And for me, it's just really special or something special that like, I, it's something I used to hate when I was younger, you know, but now I'm taking the exact same flight to fly back to tour in UK, you know, in London. And I'm doing something I want to do now, you know, kind of thing. That was, yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Jay, I want to show you a few, uh, few albums and I want to get your reaction. Okay. So, True. first one. Cool. Adrenaline. Adrenaline. <laughs> that, sounds, that was a really awesome album. It was actually when I got into Deftones the first time, uh, I, I thought it off with, like, what album was it? I think uh, White Pony, you know, what's the one? Right. It was in, in 2003 or four, you know, later. And then I went back to this album later, you know, and I was like, damn, this sounds like, it sounds really cool in a way because like they don't have too much electronics or anything. It was just like, you know, I think the four members, there was no like uh, the DJ guy wasn't in yet, you know, the Frankie mm. guy. So uh, I was like, this sounds really raw and energetic and the songs are just full of like grooves and riffs, you know. And I think it was the first like, you know, because back then I was into Metallica and stuff, you know, and I just mm. realized a song doesn't have to necessarily be like, you know, five minutes, seven minutes long with a bunch of complicated solos and stuff to be good. Because this album, this is catchy riffs and like, you know, and like, uh, and like short, you know, and really mm. cool songs. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a cool album. And then uh, this one. Porn. This one, to be frank, I didn't really listen to it that much because like I wasn't in too much into corn, you know, mm. but like, uh, I think it's still a pretty cool record. I couldn't really say much, you know, because, like, I, I know Korn, and I love them for what they are. Right. With this one, like, uh, you see, okay, there's a song I know on this. I like the song Blind, but, you know, that's a song that everyone knows, the first song, and, like, uh, what's the other song? Like, you, you know, yeah. but, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> Too much. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people are familiar with follow the leader, right? That yeah. is one. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't find the follow the leader, so. That's cool. And then I know you guys also like uh, Killer Switch Engage, right? Yeah, we do like Kill Switch Engage. But our Kill Switch Engage, like, the biggest, like, uh, I think it was like um, our previous guitarist, Russell Wynn, he used to be in our band. He's still my best friend, you know, like, we still mm. hang out. But he just studied in America now, so he left the band. He's the biggest fan of Kill Switch in the band. He brought, like, you know, all the influence. He was with us when we were making our first record, All We Know Is Failing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Have you guys uh, crossed paths with Killer Switch during your touring or no? We've never actually. We wish to, but uh, we just never done it yet. And uh, we, we've seen them live in Thailand, but yeah, we've just never played with them. Or anything. Yeah. And then uh, I know that this is, this is uh, the last album, Lincoln Park. Park, with the last album of Chester. Yeah. So I actually bought this in Thailand. Because I went, oh, really? I was there for a couple of days, and then I wanted to check out the, you know, what other albums, and then I saw this, and I was kind of disappointed myself because I didn't go to the Linkin Park show in Manila, and then he passed away. Uh, so I bought this one, but I know that probably, uh, what are your favorite Linkin Park albums? One second, uh, could I use a toilet real quick? Yeah, I'll yeah, like- yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Be right back one sec. I love the heavy. Heavy featuring Kiara is really nice song. That's why I actually bought this album. By the way, you can listen to this uh, podcast on audio also on Spotify and uh, Apple and all the other platforms. Just search for Channa 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 on uh, Spotify or Apple Music, Apple Podcast, or even Google Podcast and all the other channels. Let's wait for Jay. All right, hi, I'm back. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about your favorite Linkin Park albums. <laughs> okay. It would be kind of unexpected, but my favorite Linkin Park album is actually A Thousand Suns. 
right <laughs> so yeah. what are the uh, do you remember like what first song of linkin park you listen to i don't know linkin park was the band where i probably listen to every song and i love every album you know right. like when i was younger obviously hybrid theory and meteor had a big influence on me you know it's one of the few bands it's one of those bands where i just like know most of the song you know it's so nice, yeah if you ask me to name a favorite i just can't you know like <laughs> like yeah <laughs> yeah actually i i mean i used to listen to a lot of metal and then there was a period that i was not listening to music that much i was like working and all that and then then uh, linkin park uh, hybrid theory came out and then the crawling the video of crawling and then all that that really got me back into listening to the music because it's really very influential right it's it it yes. was really those music videos i'm i'm i really love those linkin park music videos <laughs> yeah same yeah so jay what's uh, so tell your tell the people who's listening what's next for define dk what can they expect sorry um, what can they expect uh, some new music sometime soon i don't want to make any promises and say when exactly cuz like you know it's not finished yet like we don't like to put out a single even though we the songs is done but the album's not complete and we have a full plan for everything but either by the end of this year mm-hmm. or early next year we'll probably have a new record you know it could go along with the re or the rescheduled tours and stuff and uh and yeah as long as all this pandemic stuff is all over we will try our best to rebook you know all our tours and get back you know to touring as soon as we can in the meantime right now we're just working on some new music as you know and we might be we're kind of trying to plan a special event as well to be honest that would probably take place in Thailand our hometown mm. even though we're not that big here you know compared to the international market but still it's something i wanted to do for a while now and it will be something really special it will be an event but uh we don't know when will that will happen yet but probably sometime in september october and watch out for that i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah i hope to see you guys again some you know maybe because um i think the good news is uh i think slipknot already announced their southeast asia dates uh, early yeah, january and then i think green day is also announced it in march i think so yeah. so things are sort of good news are coming out yeah. uh, so jay anybody you want to shout out to Oh, <laughs> I guess I'd like to give out a shout out to Vernon because like he and Paul, because like he gave me an opportunity to play in Philippine with during the Silver Scene show. And that was really awesome for me, you know, to be playing there. And, you know, we were just like no one to him, you know, but like he gave us the opportunity and like, you know, it gave us a lot of things. And, you know, obviously you... like discovering us out so something really special because for me the best part of playing music is being able to play tours and and shows you know especially like you know big ones like that one we just love it and probably I'd like to give a shout out to uh Nico you know and you know cuz he helped me book you know the second and the first tour as well as Jared you know right and also shout out to Jared for sure i think i haven't seen him in a while now on social media but yeah he booked our very first tour in philippines and you know he like took really good care of us and the shows were awesome 
there was probably around like 170 people there on our very first headlining tour and you know we were no one so yeah it's really awesome yeah um i also want to shout out to cj because cj is the one who got me contacted you <laughs> i wanted to talk to you yeah cj um no. yeah so jay thank you for doing this uh, and then uh, uh we are we'll wait for your new music and then we'll enjoy the live album and keep uh, keep making music and hopefully right, we can you see you soon much, yeah you too stay safe and we'll catch up sometime soon yeah jay so thank you jay the day uh, just uh, tell everyone your social media so how they can follow you and the band i say uh, just search define decay on facebook instagram and everywhere else is the same and follow us on spotify because it's cool <laughs> so just define decay thank you very much guys okay jay thank you all right bye